This is episode 14 with Niveen Heaton. You love it. You are great at it. The world needs it. You are paid for it. In this program, we go deep to get answers to essential questions and learn how to develop key skills to live a life that moves you. This is the Beyond the Surface podcast. Niveen Heaton was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but was raised in Caracas, Venezuela. A mixed background that has given her a unique perspective that she brought to fruition by building a seven-figure swimwear company called Adicora, which she started in 2009. She's also the fashion creative director of Metropolitan Fashion Week, one of the fastest-growing fashion events in the United States. In this episode, we'll explore Niveen's Latin roots, her journey to becoming a fashion designer, how she works, and her outlook on life as she continues to grow towards building an international brand. And I'm very excited to have you here, Niven. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So let me, let's talk about the beginning. Okay. You were born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, while your father was finishing medical school at uh, the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, just, I, I was just curious, where's your, where's your father from? My father is from Egypt, Cairo. Yeah. And um, so uh, thanks to that, you know, he he was studying at the University of Pittsburgh. He met my mom where she was learning English. And obviously they had me. And then we flew to Venezuela. And I just want to add to that that I lived in Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Jeddah, and Riyadh for 12 years as well, too. So I had Venezuelan culture, which is like liberal and free. And then suddenly to this other culture that's more, you know, um held back and and has stronger t traditions let's put it that way so your family was never really planning to live in the u.s uh no it was just medical no school. it was just school yes correct all right and then i i i learned that you know at eight your mom refused to buy you clothes when for your dolls and that's how you decided to make your own and correct. basically started your learning about your passion for design yes so growing up in venezuela and the influence of your family, how did they shape you? And was there anything back on those years where you can look back and might see the person that you are today? You know what? Yes. Um, I really love the, the double culture. I, you know, I, w I would go to uh, ca uh, a Catholic school or I would go to, you know, a mosque and pray. Like I knew both religions and I respected them so well. I mean, both of them have something in common, which is uh, they believe in God and they try to be a better person and so on and so forth. Um, as in fashion and design, that's why I'm here, right? Yes, I started doing clothes for my Barbies and all that stuff and uh, cutting, cutting and sewing in a very early age. Um, when I was, uh, I would say 12 or 10, I would start designing my dresses for parties and I would go to a, a person that would sew and I would do my sketch and bring the, uh, um, bring the fabric and they would make it. And I love that process, you know? Um, and so that's how I, I got inspired with, with fashion. And before we started recording this interview, you told me uh, a little bit about radio. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell so me more about that. I did a little bit of everything to tell you the truth. <laughs> you, you have no idea. <laughs> so I did radio. I did a lot of jingles back home in Venezuela um, for many big companies. So I would go to the studio and record jingles. I even uh, partner with Alex Goncalves, which he's a famous um, radio host over there in Venezuela. But we started both at the same time. And I was, you know, uh, his co-host, let's put it that way. And every night I would have to go there and do the program with him about pop culture and, you know, what's the latest music and gossip and all that stuff. It was fun. And uh, at what point did you uh, decided to... Because the reason that you moved, correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. to move uh, to the U.S. Yeah. is to pursue going to school for fashion? Uh, no, I went to school in fashion in Venezuela. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So the Fashion Institute of Valencia is in Venezuela. Yes, yes. Oh, got yes, it. Yes, okay. yeah. And so, you know, I went to school. Um, and then after that, I... The reason why I left Venezuela is because Chavez, once he was elected in 1998... Because he I, I have here that you went to school in 1999. Yeah, 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 yeah. And... Um, Four years after I decided to leave because I just didn't like, you know, his mindset and what he was doing to the country. The country was fine when I left, but now see how it looks right now. Do you still have family there? Yes, I do. How are they doing? I send them food and I send them money and wow. everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, it's wow. hard. Yeah. Really yeah. hard. Heartbreaking. Now, uh, you went to school and then you moved to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of Venezuela, uh, yeah. what was that transition like for you? I left alone. Wow. And the good thing is that I had, you know, I, I have my passport. I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, as you already know. A very dear friend of mine, his name is Michael Cogan. He lived in Bellingham. And uh, that's where I I was able to stay for three months. So you came directly to Seattle? Yes, directly mm. to Seattle. And the reason why is because I needed to go to someone that I trusted. I mean, a girl alone by herself in 2004, it's pretty hard. Was that the guy that you uh, that influenced you to uh, move? Uh, uh, no, no. He was just there. Oh, uh, got yeah. it. Because mm -hmm. you did mention that uh, one thing that helped you kind of decide to pack your bags and move to Seattle to launch your career mm -hmm. and also escape right. Venezuela right. and Chavez was a friend. Yes. Who's her that friend? I'm oh, curious. Okay. Well, her friend, my friend is Luz Mar, and uh, she's a very good friend of mine. She lived in Valencia. She was my next door neighbor, and we hanged out. And she was like, you need to go. You need to go. You need to go. You need to go. And I was like, okay, fine. And yes, thanks to Luz Mar, um, I actually decided to go. Yeah. Wow. And then... Um Good job and and checking out the. Um, yeah, so I'm all over it. You're really good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then, uh, as soon as you move, uh, mm -hmm. you started working in retail. Is that correct? Yes, I've always worked in retail. So you so, were new, like you oh, were on a path to just oh, staying focused. Oh, for sure. Yes, for sure. Like in Venezuela, back home, I would work in retail as well too. Again, I love the fashion industry, and I love getting to know that aspect because there's different aspects in fashion. I mean, product development, retail, um, and et cetera. So yes, I uh, got a, I was a store manager oh, for nice. Hollister. 
And so I was working in Bellingham and then they moved me to Bellevue because they needed a store manager over there. So I, uh, Hollister paid for my hotel for, I would say four months, hotel and oh, food. Wow. Yeah. So I can manage the store back in Bellevue Square. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's crazy. Fantastic. And then you, it uh, looks like you made a transition in 2005 to uh, a company called Report, a woman's shoe company. Yes. And I think that's really when you started getting a little more, um, uh, your hands dirty as far as yes. uh, learning the, the industry and what does it take? Oh, for sure. Um, I, you know, I, I was there. They gave me the great opportunity. I never designed shoes and I learned so much from them. Um, from product development um, to what the every price point customer needs. Mm-hmm. So we like uh, I would design shoes for Cato or Payless, or I can or I can help design shoes with a head designer. Um, report signature, you know, which was like a different price point, three hundred and up dollars. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, and it was like Roxy or anything that they would put on my plate for me to help the um, uh, the head designer. I would do. And then they gave me the great opportunity to go and travel to China and see how everything was, you know, the pro- the process of uh, sourcing, fabric sourcing, um, shoe engineering. So when, you ha- when you're wearing a shoe and you're like, okay, this shoe really hurts, it's because they really did not put time to make sure that the shoe was comfortable enough, you know. Sometimes it hits you on the top of, of, of your foot. Mm-hmm. Or or the sides or or the heel, and it's because they didn't do a really good job in engineering, you know. Um, so that was great. It's kind of hard because going to fly to China every two months, right, and then staying there for at least fifteen days, and you know working. I mean, over there in China, they work till uh, midday on on Sundays. I mean, they really don't have a day off, so. It's crazy away from the family and everything, but it was great. It was a great experience. I got to go to trade shows as well, too, and see how everything moves. It, it, it was awesome. It was really fun. Uh, it seems like that was a fast learning experience for you. And other than yeah. the not being able to see the family as often as you wanted to, uh, right. what would you say was the most challenging part of a, that part of your life? Um, you know, the traveling to China was the most challenging part. Um, and then, uh, as well, working with others. Every time they would put me with a different brand and it was a new head designer. So sometimes we would butt heads, you know, it was a very stressful, um, there was times that I would work till 10 o'clock at night because there was a due date, you know, and I would have to, you know, get all, all the, all the samples, the SRs and everything done by a certain time. Mm-hmm. And at 10 o'clock here in Seattle, it's like 9 a.m. in uh, China. Wow. So that's why I'd have to stay late so they would receive everything on time. So the time difference is really crazy. Yeah. And you were there around four years. Yeah. And then you went into uh, starting Adicora. Yes. I did. What was the breakthrough that finally set you through starting your own business? Well, uh, the breakthrough was I'm working X amount of hours for this company. And pretty much I'm working the same amount of hours that I can work for my own company. 
that's what kind of pushed me over. And I said, you know what? I should just do my thing. And I have a passion for swimwear. It's kind of an addiction. So through that, uh, because I mean, uh, back home, I would always have swimsuits in my the trunk of my car and flip-flops and go to the beach every single day. So it was a lifestyle. So by designing swimwear, I was like, you know what? I can kind of feel like I still have that lifestyle living in me, uh, even though it's gray <laughs> and rainy here in Seattle. Designing swimwear makes me happy. Yeah. And looking forward for the next vacation. As far as um, personal finances and business planning goes, how long in advance did you start uh, thinking about transitioning out? Um, for, for those who are, you know, in a full-time job. And, right. Because right? you don't want to just jump no, cold no, water. No. And... Um, I have to thank my husband. Mm. He is an amazing business person. Mm. I mean, just amazing. He, I'm, The company that he has built... And uh, he has a lot of employees that work for him, you know, mm. and out of scratch. I mean, this is a guy that started a business and um, he didn't have his parents to help him. He didn't, you know, he just is very savvy in doing business. So he was able to tell me what are the right things, the do and the don'ts of starting a business. And one thing that's really important that he told me was to do a business plan. It's like a GPS, Uh, basically, if you don't have a route of where you're going to go, then you're just going to be lost. It's just going to be failure. And he insisted business plan is so important. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so boring because I'm so artistic and so creative that sitting down at a desk and writing, you know, a business plan, it just takes so much. But then once I started doing it, I was like, there was a bunch of questions that you have to answer in your business plan that I did not have answers for. Mm. So I had to investigate. And that's when I realized, okay, a business plan is very important when you're starting your company, you know. And obviously, I did not produce any money at all whatsoever the first year. So as well, I had him that he was able to, you know, be by my side. He's like, okay, it's fine. You start doing this, you know, with no uh, economic problem and then you can you can evolve yeah yeah so. what, what i like about your story and i think it brings uh, a good point for some for a trend that i've been seeing is mm -hmm. this, this idea of you know 23 year olds 24 year olds thinking that they're behind because there's some 24 year old who's already a ceo oh totally but you you actually put like four years and more before yeah. with the retail to le learning the ropes yeah. before jumping on doing your own thing so you you were very prepared yeah to run basically something similar, not even different. Totally, totally, totally. And, and that's, that was my major thing was in order to learn, it's not really to be book savvy. It's actually to actually practice it, mm -hmm. you know, and be on that role. So being on the retail side, I've been in retail for oh, so many years and being sales representative, uh, store manager and all that stuff. That's, that's something different to than designing right so once you once you start learning all the little aspects you're like okay it's easy you know you understand it for anybody listening who may want to follow into your footsteps right um, how helpful do you think was to go to the fashion school not very hmm. um, what have you done a uh, higher ed at all or maybe something else i could have done uh, you know a fashion school is great You have the the concept, the the, mm -hmm. the knowledge, right? 
but it doesn't give you the ropes of retail. It doesn't give you the ropes of the whole uh, sales and um, let's say product development. I mean, really, when when you're at, that's why it's so important to intern and work for other companies because that's where that's where all the good juice comes from. I would say. What did the institute help you with the most? Uh, technical. Technical. Yes. Um, history. Mm. You know. Oh, the roots. The roots. Yes. Um, a lot of technical. I mean pattern making and sewing and all that stuff that helps you sketching as well too but most of those abilities i i, I learned it myself um but yes school is very important you know and i think i, I got is really into something is you know you talked about how uh, the swimmer is a fusion of south american and american style which is right associated with your story basically correct as a designer there's a close identification between who you are and what you sell. Right. And in the marketing of, of it, what do you think women are buying when they buy an Adicora bikini? What is it that you think that these customers like about your brand? Right. So the niche about my brand, I would say, is that they're trying to find something unique. Um, a style that no one in the pool has. Um, and that just, um, how do you call it? It describes who they are, you know, playful, unique, um, as well sexy, you know, a girl that's, um, that's fit, obviously, that lives a healthy lifestyle. She doesn't have to be absolutely fit, but lives a healthy lifestyle. And um, I mean, the price points of my, of my swimsuits are not like the price points of Target or, you know, it's, it's kind of like in the mid. There's other brands that are way more up than me than myself but i would say the girls that buy is is a working girl you know a girl that has a job that's able to afford my swimwear just because i provide great fabrics lots of them are, come from new york uh italy uh colombia so these are fabrics that you you can uh, the bikini that you buy from us can be used years after years after years won't won't stretch out like the other ones you know mm -hmm. and then the fit of the bottoms that's another thing a lot of asian women and women that don't have that much you mm -hmm. know uh derriere how they mm -hmm. say um they, explaining, yeah. I was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um they really love the fit of my bottoms because it makes them look like they do have mm -hmm. a, a bottom yeah and um, it seems you're getting all red <laughs> <laughs> or uncomfortable no 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 I, I, but it, it, it seems like uh at one point uh around 2012 you you did an interview and you talked about how your designs were very exclusive they're definitely not something that you were planning to do on a mass scale no has that changed no it hasn't changed it hasn't changed because that's i mean it has worked for the customers that buy so, year after year. Exclusive designs doesn't necessarily mean you just create one piece for only one person. No, it's just no. limited. It is limited. Yes, Got correct. It. Okay. Correct. It's limited and it's made in LA. There's so, only so many people who can get each design. Yes, and once it's sold, that it's makes sold sense. out. Like, Got there's it. no more. Yeah. I get it. Mm -hmm. Now, um, in 2012, going back, uh, you looks like the Adicora make its debut finally and that was a, I think a big milestone for the company in the Metropolitan Fashion Week yes and this is where I want to transition into talking about your 
your involvement with Metropolitan Fashion Week because mm -hmm. which began in 2011 and you are a fashion creative director for for them mm -hmm. and for those who are not familiar uh, with the fashion world the Metropolitan Fashion Week week is one of the fastest growing fashion weeks in the united states right now mm -hmm. yes when and how did you get involved uh okay i would say when did i get involved um eduardo is gonna kill me he's gonna be like ah i believe it would be um 2006 or 2007 one of those years mm -hmm. don't kill me eduardo <laughs> <laughs> um and so uh it was just him and me so this is before people even knew about it. Yes. You were in the works yeah. with him. Yes. On this. Oh, yes. Okay. And he had a he really felt that there was uh there was something here that was missing. Um he, there was plenty of fashion shows but they weren't as amazing and like prestige as what he had in mind, you know. And uh yeah, I I worked with him in first fashion shows and we did castings and we were very very small. It was crazy and we had ups and downs and you know people that would turn you down and people that would, you know, embrace your ideas. And that's that's how it is when you begin and especially when you're doing a fashion show, people really don't believe in you right and so you have to prove yourself um so we i believe we started at repair soul shop right that was our first fashion show and we did castings in a basement and it was very dark <laughs> and people came and we did castings and everything and it and it went it went good and every year little by little we would go to different venues and the craziest things is that the venues were just bigger and more amazing. I mean, we, we did shows at the Boeing Museum, at the Seattle Arts Museum, at the Chihuly Museum. I mean, these are, are, are huge, right? They're huge venues for a, a company that's just starting, you know. And, and uh, he, he works, he's very, very meticulous. He's very perfectionist. And what what he does, he does it with so much uh, passion and love, and that's what and that's what I love about him, and that's why I was like, you know, he's my friend, but he's really good in what he does. He's yeah. a great guy, and he did a lot of uh, charity work for Oak Christmas Trees, and uh, he would, uh, yeah. So I mean, I would love to invite him to your podcast. Oh no, I was definitely yeah, thinking gonna, about it. We're gonna do a show uh, <laughs> in 2018, uh, Cinco de Mayo, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, before that, yeah, I would love for you to interview him. But I just want to say that thanks to him, uh, I did my swimwear as well too. Wow. Yeah, because he uh, we started first with a forbidden fashion show, and that was lingerie and swimwear for women and men. And so he was, you know, looking for swimwear designers. And he was like, why don't you start, you know, your swimwear business and stuff like that? And I was like, well, you're kind of right. And he he pushed me to that, to 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 go and do my swimwear business. And I had a platform where I can show my swimwear designs in Metropolitan Fashion Week or the Forbidden Fashion Show, you know. And, uh, yeah, so I thank him for that. How do you guys met? Oh, my God. We met through a friend, 
and uh, at a Miss Universe uh, get-together, you know, watching, a viewing party at his house. So I, uh, I don't remember what I brought, but everyone had to bring something. It was like, kind of like a potluck, and, uh, that's, and it was a summer day, and that's where I met him. I met him at his house, and we were viewing uh, Miss Universe. And uh, as you know, us Venezuelans, that's our like major sport, was pageants. It, was that the biggest thing, the click between you and Eduardo, that yeah. you guys were both Venezuelans? Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> yep. And that we love pageants, and we love Miss Universe, and we love fashion and dresses and all that stuff, yes. All right, then, we, I have um, a couple of... Now we're going to transition into... A, a new section that I okay. have for the show is called uh, How I Work. It's a series of rapid-fire questions. Okay. Just to learn a little bit about, really, a, get a snapshot of how you work. Right. You're, f you're free to just uh, answer with just one quick sentence. If you want to explain a little, that's fine. Okay, that's fine. What's your morning routine like? Oh, my goodness. My morning routine like is make breakfast for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> You have two kids. So yes, I have two kids. <laughs> so yes, that is my morning routine. One word that best describes how you work. Ah, uh, how I work. I mean, could you rephrase that? One word that best describes how you work. What comes to your mind? Upbeat. Upbeat. Yeah. Great. Current computer. What? Current computer. Oh, uh, iMac. <laughs> of course. Current mobile device iPhone. <laughs> Apps, software tools you can't live without. Ah, photo editing tools, just because I work with so much of social media. Which is your favorite photo editing tool? Oh, I have so much. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stick to one. I'm sorry. <laughs> what everyday thing are you better at than everyone else? What everyday thing are you better at than everyone else? Oh, okay. Uh, thinking how to put on an outfit. I'm really quick on that. And I shop in 30 minutes. We're opposite on that. That's why we're yeah. black every day. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> I'm actually, I, was, I think I, I would say I had good days thanks to my mom. Yes. She's a designer. Yes, I remember. But Your mom is a I designer. I think she cares so much about what I wear that yeah. it pushed me the other way. Yeah. So we're basically <laughs> now extreme opposites. That's so funny. Yes. It does happen. My, yeah. But my siblings, uh, my father. To the T. Oh, they used, used to see my, my sister, my brother. They all, they all look like they're modeling for a magazine. And yeah, like, and they're just going to the park. And then they always look at me and they're probably like, what, <laughs> what <laughs> did we do what's to wrong him? With guy? It's like, a, your shoes are ugly. Yeah. And I go, but they're healthy for my feet. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yep, comfort over style. Yeah, totally, totally. What's uh, your... <laughs> <laughs> That's what, funny. I know. What's your workspace setup like? My, my workspace setup. Uh, computer, fabrics, and sketches. Hmm. What's your best time-saving life hack? Best time-saving life hack. Or shortcut. Oh, man, I have not thought about that. Uh, you can always skip. Yeah, skip, <laughs> babe. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite to-do list manager? Oh, my first... No, you know what? I'm pretty old school. I just do post-its. That's there what I go. do, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, what do you listen to while at work? What do I listen? I listen to Drake. 
I listen a lot of hip hop and house music. That's what I listen to. Mm -hmm. That makes sense with your upbeat. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Shakira. What are, Shakira. Yeah. What are you currently reading? I, or listening I, to? Okay. Um, no, I'm currently reading, uh, again, uh, how to raise a, uh, an intelligent, emotional uh, child. Oh, so, makes, there you go. Yeah, so I read books for, for my kids, <laughs> you know, to be a better mom. <laughs> yeah, my wife is doing all the reading for... Yeah. For our daughter right now, but I'm gonna catch up. It's super interesting. <laughs> uh, what's your sleep routine like? Okay, my sleep routine is put the kids to bed, as you know, right? Um, then after that, clean up, uh, and uh, I just doze and read uh, the news, and I just go to bed. That's that's what it is. But I I am a night owl, mm -hmm. so usually creative minds sleep late. And I sleep like around 11, 11.30 and I wake up at 7 a.m. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Best advice you've ever received? Best advice I've ever received. Man, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I've received a lot of advices. Um, best advice. You know what? Best advice I've ever received mm -hmm. was when um, you're not doing well, and things are not turning the way how it is, um, the door that's going to open is going to be way better. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, whatever turned you down, um, it's because there's something better waiting for you. Yeah. So that, that was the best. Then last question uh, for this series uh, is, what's something that most people don't know about you? Oh... That I used to sing. Oh. <laughs> when? Yeah, and I had. When you were a kid? Or? Uh, when I was 18. Yeah. When you were 18. Yeah. I had my song in the radio and everything. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh -huh. nice. Yeah. What happened to that? Were you, oh, you're shocked, aren't you? What, ha yeah. <laughs> What happened to that? Um, uh, it's a long story. Do you have time? No. <laughs> so. We'll, Let's leave it that. We will continue on a <laughs> yeah. part two. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because I'm sure I will bring you back at the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in a year or so. Yeah, totally. Now, uh, before we move to the last question, which is one of my uh, favorite questions, mm -hmm. to get an idea of your outlook on life. Right. Um, where where can people find you online? Okay, uh, they can find me on uh, social media, as you know. Um, at a chorus swimmer in Instagram mm -hmm. and Facebook and Twitter, and as well, my online is uh, www. Okay, and I'll include it in the show notes. Perfect. Um, all right. Last question. Okay. And uh, you can take your time. Oh my gosh! If today was your last day on Earth, <laughs> and everything you've created mm -hmm. was all to disappear, oh but you could leave your loved ones and the world behind with three truths three about truths? three truths about life. What would those be? Okay. Every, everything is what? Well, it's my last day. My three truths about life. Oh, three truths about life. You know what? Money isn't everything. That's the first truth. Um, it, it gives you happiness for 30 minutes. And then after that, you're, as empty as can be. 
Um, uh, second truth would be, um, you know what? Love your loved ones to the very last day. Every day I tell my loved ones that I love them and I hug them as if it was the very last day. And uh, the, three, uh, the third truth I would say is always be grateful for everything, you know, good or bad. Just be grateful that the more grateful you are, better things come to you, you know. It just keeps on coming. It's karma. So that's what it is. Thank you so much. Nina. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And that was my interview with Nivin Hidon. A couple of quick announcements before you leave. For reference, you can access these episode's notes alongside other resources at bit.ly slash BTS EP014. Again, that's bit.ly slash BTS EP014. Finally, if you enjoy listening to this interview, the best way to support this podcast is by subscribing or leaving a review on iTunes. Thank you for tuning in and remember to live a life that moves you.